I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Future Cast on the Player Profiler Radio Network and Podcast and YouTube channel. I am Cody Carpentier, and we're back from the NFL Draft. It's Friday, May 5th. We're exactly a week postpartum of the NFL Draft, day two, where we saw running backs like Roshan Johnson get drafted, baby, to the Chicago Bears. Actually, it didn't happen on Friday. That happened on Saturday, but you get the freaking point. We had a great time in Kansas City with the entire crew streaming Picks one through 259 alongside some good friends, Matty Kiwum, Alex Dunlap, Onan, Matt, Jack. It was awesome. Uh, just, you know, putting a cap on this 2023 NFL draft process that takes, you know, in culmination, really, it's January through May 1st. But, uh, you know, we're still talking about it now. Now you got all your rookie drafts this week, next week, last week. And of course, it never stops because now we're on to 2024. But before we move on to 2024, this weekend, this week, I wanted to write up a couple grades, a couple articles on the AFC and the NFC draft grades. And I don't want to do it the generic way. I'm not going to come in here and I'm not going to give everybody A's and I'm not going to go A, 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 B plus and have nobody get C's, D's, and S because there is some dudes and there is some teams that completely nuked and failed the NFL draft this year. And it was putrid for some teams, drafting punters and kickers. So I was working on this algorithm all week, an algorithm grading scale, whatever you want to call it, to composite score, composite grading that takes into account player values based on my top 200 list, team values based on knowledge of pick selection and value at the position in the given draft. So some of you may say, yeah, but in a standard draft, this player right here, you know, he wouldn't be a value here, but we go based off of importance. And the important positions are quarterback, edge, tackle, and then corner, and then center, wide receiver, D-line, guard, tight end, or linebacker, then tight end, then running back, safety, and then kickers and punters at the bottom with zero. They get zero levels of importance for points. And then, of course, a way, uh, how many players were in the top 100 at each position, how many players were in the top 16 at each position, and how many players went overall in the entire draft at each position. And it gives you a weighted scale, weighted grade across the entire draft. So I'm going to jump in here. We're going to talk about all of the NFC grades today, and we're going to break down each team and my favorite selection for each team 
and why I think they are graded so high and why some I think are graded so low. But first, we're going to get an ad out of the way, and we're going to pay the bills because we appreciate you guys for staying tapped in, staying locked in on Player Profiler YouTube channel. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, hey, it's a Mr. Breakout Finder coming at you. The Breakout Finder features three key tools, a database of metrics that includes speed score, college dominator, breakout age, but also Breakout Finder only stats like dynamic score, level of competition, teammate score. All of these things are part of the overall Breakout Finder algorithm that pinpoints the probability that a player will break out. Everyone's talking about my model does this and my model does that. Well, We give you the data points that go into the model. We have a feature that lets you compare players. And then we give you the precise probability of every wide receiver, every running back, sorted and filterable by class year. So when I'm talking to my friends and I need to show them why I'm so bullish on Player X, I pull out the breakout finder and bam, there he is. So go to the App Store, go to Google Play. It's five bucks to get the breakout finder and then a couple extra bucks to get some of these additional enhanced stats. Go download it and thank me later. Marvin Mims comes in third overall on the breakout finder at the wide receiver position. And some are going to say, ew, I don't want to draft Marvin Mims. Why would I draft Marvin Mims? But when you look back at the career arc of Sean Payton and you say, all right, Sean Payton. So we're talking about the Denver Broncos right now. Marvin Mims is going to be a value, is going to stay a value because it's just a tough button to click. Nobody wants to click that Marvin Mims button despite him going to Denver. Remember, Sean Payton's first year in New Orleans, he drafted Kenny Stills in the fifth round of the NFL draft. The next year, he took Brandon Cook's 20th overall, and then that following March, he traded Kenny Stills to the Miami Dolphins for a third-round pick. So Kenny Stills was a fifth-rounder. He traded him to Miami for a third and a linebacker after Kenny Stills, I think, had 640 and 900 yards receiving I think that Marvin Mims is going to slate into this slot into this Denver Broncos offense as the uh, Russell Wilson, Taylor Lockett, the Sean Payton, Brandon Cooks. Marvin Mims is going to stay a value. And on the breakout finder right now, he's the number three wide receiver with a 44.8% breakout rating. Marvin Mims, baby. It's a value. I just took him to 204 in a rookie draft, uh, 203 actually, in a rookie draft. I didn't, I'm not sorry about it. I'm not sorry about it. I like taking him there. Um, let's talk about the AFC West. I'm already in the AFC West. Let's, let's stay in the AFC West and let's talk about these Denver Broncos right now. Their positional value composite grading came out seventh. Their player value composite score was fifth and they made five total selections. Marvin Mims, 63rd overall, 
Drew Sanders, linebacker out of Arkansas, 67th overall. Riley Moss, 83rd. J.L. Skinner, a safety out of Boise State, was 183rd. And Alex Forsyth, Forsyth, a center from Oregon, was 257th. All five selections I thought were fantastic. They come out with an A minus, 104% grade uh, across the board. I think when you're looking at what they did with not having a pick until the third round, uh, with Marvin Mims going off 63rd overall, uh, they moved up, I think, in the late half of the second, the late part of the second round, because they had, I think, originally it was like 67, 68, or 66, 67, whichever way it was uh, in round three. They move up. They get Marvin Mims. I think this is a the player they wanted, the player they needed. They went up and attacked him. They traded up for him. It fits in this Denver offense because, again, they, they had K.J. Hamler, who now has a peck tear. He's out four to six months. And they have Jerry Judy, who they've obviously been talking about trading. Cortland Sutton, is he dust? Is he not dust? I think Marvin Mims is going to be a guy – this year, I mean, it's a sleeper dark horse candidate to be the rookie of the year, I think, is Marvin Mims when you're looking across the board at their positioning. Um, let's see if I can pull up this scale here. So 104%, 104.6%. Uh, I had this sorted over here, and i got to bring it up. Lost my rhythm. Lost my rhythm. All right, that is sixth overall among all teams in the NFL, according to the grading system, just behind the Colts and Steelers. Uh, Denver Broncos. Again, second best draft in the AFC West, uh, I think. The Los Angeles Chargers come in next. They had a fifth overall grade in the positional value composite score and 20th overall in the player value composite score. They took Quentin Johnson, 21st overall. Tuli Tuiapalutu from USC, 54th. Deion Henley, linebacker from Washington State, was my favorite selection, 85th overall out of Washington State. He was a guy that went down there to the Senior Bowl, and he had a great week. He's very athletic. He's six foot tall, 221 pounds. I think overall what Dayon brings is just a, a speed. It's kind of like that Kaiser White role that we saw a couple years ago. Um, so I think he fits in great right there, 85th overall. Tuli Tulipoloto, some people thought as an early second rounder, potentially sneak into the first. Um, but generally, 54th was about, I think, where he was projected to go, according to most mocks. And then, of course, Quentin Johnson, 21st overall, um, kind of a, a Mike Williams-esque replacement. The interesting thing that they did do, though, is they brought in Darius Davis, who is a punt return, kick return specialist from TCU, runs the four threes. And then they also brought in Max Dugan in the seventh round, the quarterback from TCU. So they brought back that team that played the national championship last year. Dugan at quarterback, Darius Davis at receiver, and Quentin Johnston at receiver as well. It's interesting that they didn't uh, you know, take Kendra in the second round or some shit like that. But the Chargers had a good draft to give them a B-. minus. That's 88% overall on the scoring. Again, the scoring for this is going to range from 116.3%, which is an A++ with the Kansas City Chiefs, all the way down to a 25.4%. F minus for the Washington commanders because the commanders completely nuked this. But to talk about the commanders, you have to drop back in on the next episode of the future cast where we talk about the NFC. I appreciate all you guys in the chat already. I see a few of you guys in here, Franz, Pigeon, John, Randall, Randall. I mean, Kenny Stills was the perfect best ball wide receiver for being honest. That second year he had 900 yards down there in New Orleans. I mean, I think that's what you're thinking about Marvin Mims in Denver this year. Say word. What's up, dude? What's up? How we doing? How we doing? So I like the Los Angeles Chargers draft. They added Jordan McFadden, a tackle on day three. Scott Matlock, a defensive tackle on day three. A lot of this is positional adding, right? So when you break down, I'm trying to navigate between a couple different cheat sheets right now. Uh, but when you break down really the difference between attacking positions uh, at, at certain spots in the drafts, it means a lot when it comes to these gradings. So if I bring it over here, 
the best rounds to attack position by position. And this is how the grading came out as far as value goes across position and player. Quarterback, edge, and offensive tackle should be your targets in the top 16. In the top 100, you should be targeting corner, defensive line, wide receiver, and tight end. And then in the top 259, so between 100 and 259, you should be attacking linebacker, center, guard, safety. Notice I did not say running back because running back is a pretty – it's a, it's a kind of a median across the board between the top 16 all the way through. So you have a 5.5 score uh, from 100 to 259. You have a 5.2 from 17th overall to 100. And you have an 8.4 in the top 16. So generally, if there's an elite guy in the top 16, you're going to take him and he's going to hit. But otherwise, it doesn't really matter where you take him between uh, 17 and 259. Generally, you're just trying to take after. And again, we're not taking into um, account body types, play styles, the athleticism and all things like that in this grading right now. It's more so just positional and things like that. And as John in the chat would say, replaceable running backs. That's the point right there because the running backs are all replaceable. They have the shortest lifespan among all players in the NFL right now. And then also the kickers and the punters receive a 0.0 and it actually goes against it goes against your grading because you're an idiot to draft a punter or a kicker. And there's a, a team in this conversation today that drafted not one kicker but also a punter and uh you're an idiot because uh, you can find guys out the street you might as well bring in 16 of them and i think guarantee you one of them will be an adequate kicker um you know blair walsh is still out there not saying he's adequate but the las vegas raiders positional value composite score was 28th among the entire uh, nfl player value composite score was 10th and again player value composite score as i break this down you guys are gonna say what the fuck does player value composite score mean what's positional value composite score positional value composite score is what i just talked about attacking the positions in the right rounds again hitting edge hitting tackle hitting quarterback the top 16 and then in the second round in the third round in the fourth round you're hitting the corner d line receiver tight end those positions and then so on and forth so forth like i just talked about player value composite score is essentially a delta of a plus minus based on my top 200. So yes, it is kind of biased towards my top 200, but again, my top 200 or my top 100 big board this year was top, was a uh, t- top 20 among all in the space. So take that for what you want. It ain't bragging. It's just facts. Player value composite score 10th overall for the Las Vegas Raiders. They made nine selections. Tyree Wilson uh, was their first selection at the board. Seventh overall. He fell to them. It was a conversation that he would go two to Houston, three to Arizona. He ends up falling to seven to the Las Vegas Raiders. They also have Max Crosby, and they have Chandler Jones, and, of course, Cleland Farrell, who was a failure. At 35, they traded up a couple spots to get Michael Mayer at 35. They were trying to trade into the end of round one with the, with the Kansas City Chiefs at 31 overall, per Peter King, to get Michael Mayer in the first round at 31st overall. They ended up still getting him here at 35. Love that selection. The value is not quite in love with tight end going there at 35 because tight ends, you should be taking closer to the the 80, 90 marker, but it works. It ships. It fits. Byron Young, defensive tackle, big guy from Alabama, goes 70th overall. Trey Tucker, my best selection here, taking a wide receiver at pick 100. The best area to take a wide receiver is in this 70 to 100 area for NFL terms. This is not a fantasy term. This is NFL terms. You get a 24.1% hit rate in that 
marker, sorry, not 24% hit rate, 24.1 grade in that hit rate for taking a wide receiver at pick 100. And then Jacorian Bennett at 104, cornerback from Maryland, and Aiden O'Connell, a quarterback from Purdue. Now, very closely behind that Trey Tucker selection by from Cincinnati is Chris Smith, a safety from Georgia who falls to 170. I think Chris Smith is going to be a guy that can come in and give you that work day one. He's a dog. He at the at the combine, I think he was one of the, the, the most outstanding safeties as far as his appearance, his interview, and his, his dog mentality. Trey Tucker, though, I think when you're talking about a guy that Hunter Renfro is making $16 million this year, Trey Tucker can take that job and uh not give it back by about week eight, week nine, I think. And right now, I was just talking to Billy Muzio and Theo about this. Uh Trey Tucker's sitting about seventh in the pecking order, and he's still projected 59 fantasy points this year. And I would bet, venture to bet that the most most of those 59 fantasy points are going to come after week eight. This is going to be a guy that late in the season, injuries happen, Renfro fades, Trey Tucker's got the gas and the consistency to where all of a sudden he catches four balls in the fourth quarter of a game that next week, Buddy is going to be playing by the middle of the first quarter and he's going to have a 9-10 reception game. He's better than Greg Dortch. He's that same type, that same body type, but he's a, he's Mr. Consistency. Trey Tucker's going to make a lot of people very happy and also very pissed off. The Las Vegas Raiders draft overall was a C, 70.7%, directly in the middle of the pack for the entire NFL draft. I can actually give you exactly where it's at as according to, but it's 70.7, which is 19th, so it's directly in the middle of the pack sort this so it's a lot easier to talk about all right and then the last team in the afc west of course is the defending super bowl champion kansas city chiefs an absolutely dominant affair on the draft boards here positional value composite score first overall with a 110.32 only two teams crested 100 in that score and then a player value composite score of six which is 19th overall in the class and they made seven selections Again, they lost Frank Clark. I went on the Arrowhead Addicts podcast on Wednesday night before the NFL draft, and I talked about one guy that they needed to add. His name is Felix Anudike Uzama, edge rusher from Kansas State. Not only is he an internal state guy, but he fits the exact clone replica of what you want to replace Frank Clark with. 31st overall, he's there. They hammer it. They take him, and my mock draft jumps into the top 20 in the 2023 cycle. Rashi Rice, 55th overall. It's not the best value, but again, we're talking about that range where he should be targeting wide receivers. Not round one, but later into round two and into round three. It's a little early for Rashi, but it's a good, okay value. Wanya Morris, the best selection that they did make was right here, 92nd overall. Wanya Morris played tackle for Oklahoma. And then, of course, after the draft, the Chiefs went out. And this does not get calculated into the draft, uh, into uh, into the score here. But the Chiefs went out and they added an offensive tackle. They've added two offensive tackles this offseason while losing two offensive tackles this offseason. They added Donovan Smith from Tampa Bay as well as they had Juwan Taylor before that. I see a lot of Nads talk in the chat. Nads for life. I'm getting a Nads tattoo. What are Nads? What are Nads? Well, if you tune in on Tuesdays, Fridays, and Sundays, Nads is the mock draft mania champions. That would be your boy, Matty Kiwum, your boy, Cody Carpentier, and your boy, Sethi Dewald. We got one draft in last weekend at the draft house, and it was the mock draft mania tag team championship. Matty Kiwum and I drafted from the 111 to 112, and we beat Theo and Jack 
in a one QB tight end premium. You can find that video on Player Profiles YouTube channel. The champs are in the building. New Age Alpha Dogs. That's what NADS stands for. Appreciate you guys in the chat. Champs, baby. All right. Moving on to the next division. Again, the AFC, I, I didn't I don't know if I sent over this grade. Kansas City Chiefs, A plus plus 116.3% across the board. Let's talk about the AFC South because they had a lot of top end picks. Houston Texans got a B plus 97.0%. Their composite value for position, 11th. Composite value for players, eighth. So they had a really good draft across the board, but it was kind of pushed up by these two selections that they did make. They drafted CJ Stroud second and Will Anderson third. A lot of people have a lot of opinions on this draft for a couple of reasons. They traded away their 2024 first round pick. That has nothing to do with my grades this year because we're going year by year, right? So next year when they don't have that first round pick, that's going to affect their grading naturally. Of course, unless they completely hammer that draft despite having, despite missing that first pick, it's going to be tough. Because that's like a Marvin Harrison, that's a Caleb Williams, that's a Olu Fulawash. I can't say his name. I'll get it down though. Across me, I got 365 days. They take Stroud two overall. They take Will Anderson three overall. Juice Scruggs, a center from Penn State, nice pick. Tank Dell, right in that range, 70th to 100. They take him 69. Edge, linebacker, center, safety, and then another wide receiver, 205 overall. The best selection that they made to me was Xavier Hutchinson at pick 205, a guy that can come in and beat out Brandon Cooks. Uh, sorry, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods midway through the season and play that, that, that slot role and dominate that slot role because he was an All-American at Iowa State, 167 targets last year without Brock Purdy. And I think he plays directly into that JSN role. Again, Houston Texans, B-plus, 97%. Good job. Jacksonville Jaguars had a lot of picks. They made 13 selections, but they did not have the best draft. They did definitely did not have the best draft. Very, uh, very below middling. They got a D, 62.5% D for the Jacksonville Jaguars. 23rd in positional value, 24th in player value. 13 selections. Their first selection was their best selection. Anton Harrison, a tackle from Oklahoma, and Really, all that does is replace a guy that is out on suspension right now. Um, so that doesn't help. Cam Robinson's out on suspension. They bring in Anton Harrison. Anton Harrison's good, but again, doesn't really help the team much. Brenton Strange, 61 overall tight end. A little bit of a reach. Tank Bigsby was probably the be- one of the better value picks they did have during the draft. Ventrell Miller from Florida, 121. And then they just started just hammering darts. Linebacker, edge, linebacker, safety, corner, safety, tackle, D-tackle, edge, wide receiver. But again, the positional value just was not there. They didn't have much of it as far as getting guys at value. Instead, they reached on a bunch of guys. And again, the positional value targeting guys in the wrong rounds puts Jacksonville down here near the bottom. D, 62.5% around the 25th area overall. The Tennessee Titans, I think, had a sneaky, solid draft. They only had six selections. They were ninth in positional value and 13th in player value. Six selections. The best one, as Maddie Q in the chat would say, Peter Skaronsky. Would you rather have Peter Skaronsky at 11 and Will Levis at 33, or would you rather have Will Levis at 11 and Osiris Torres at 33? This is the argument all the time for situations alike when you come back and you're like, well, would you rather have Derrick Henry at 46 and, uh, you know, 
you know, what's no, what is it? It's a, uh, it's Zeke. It's the Zeke thing. Would you rather have Zeke, um, whatever it was fourth and then a cornerback at 46, or would you rather have Jalen Ramsey at four and Derek Henry at 46? It's the conversation that you always have to hindsight, but hindsight, this is where Tennessee got this right. Hey, Skaronsky, the lineman, because the line needed much help. Levis 33 value quarterback 33 overall. Tyja Spears, solid area for running back 81st. They get a tight end 147, not too early. And then Jalen Duncan, an insane value at the offensive tackle position for Maryland, goes 186. And then they throw an athletic dart late, 228. Colton Dowell from Tennessee Martin. Tennessee Titans get a B, 90.9%. Good, good draft for the Tennessee Titans. And Ron Carthen, Ran Carthen in his first draft with the Titans. But the best draft from the AFC South goes to none other than the Indianapolis Colts. They took 12 darts, 12 darts at this draft, 10th in positional value composite, third in player value composite. Again, when I read all these things, it might be hard for you to understand them via podcast, but on playerprofiler.com today, at the end of the day, Friday, this article will be live on Player Profiler. And if you'd like to follow along, just go to the NFL draft section and you will see all these grades broken down by the AFC, by division, and by team. So you can see the entire list of guys that the Indianapolis Colts drafted from Anthony Richardson all the way to Jake Witt, all 12 guys. The Colts finished with an A, 110.1% draft. Again, excellent work by Chris Ballard. They come in fifth overall. Richardson fourth, Julius Brents 44th, Josh Downs 79th. Positional value targeting was on point for most of this draft. Aratomboy Adabore 110, a guy that was projected to be much earlier into like the 40s and the 50s. Darius Rush 138. That was my best pick in this draft. But again, Aratomboy was a great value. Blake Flynn was a great value. Um, Evan Hull was a good value, 176 overall. The athletic tight end, Will Mallory. Daniel Scott is a sleeper safety at 158. And, of course, Jake Witt. If you haven't listened to Dane Brugler's write-up on Jake Witt, you're missing out on the Northern Michigan prospect that's hardly ever played football in his life. But the athleticism is there. And he locked down one of the best edge rushers in Division II history, Caleb Murphy. Indianapolis Colts, A, 110.1%. Let's move on to the AFC East, an ever-evolving division. The Bills got a D, the Dolphins got a C-, the Patriots got a C, and the Jets got a C. A division of growth and maturity over the last decade had a very mediocre draft, to say the least. The Jets, again, traded for Aaron Rodgers, traded a bunch of picks. They traded you know back from 13 to 15. They got rid of pick 42. And they got a rid of a pick next year conditionally. They added Will McDonald, 15th overall, to add to the edge. They added Joe Tipman, a center from Wisconsin at 43, to protect their, 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 their all-pro quarterback. Great selection. That's my best selection on the team. And then they kind of make a weird selection, 143 overall, with Israel Abanacanda, the athlete from Pitt. And on the phone call, they said, you know, there was a great pit running back that came to the Jets by the name of uh, Curtis Martin. We need you to follow those footsteps. Now, that's like a positive note to say to somebody, but to actually think that while well, you have Brees Hall, Michael Carter, Zonovan Knight, all in the locker room is kind of a weird thing. We'll see what happens. Maybe it's tell that Brees Hall is not 100%. 
and they want to get somebody else in there with some burst and some athleticism. But this is a similar profile to what Brees had from an athletic stance. Zaire Barnes from Western Michigan, linebacker, corner, tackle, tight end in the hundreds and two hundreds, and Zach Kunz to finish it out at pick two twenty four. The New York Jets. So that'll be a big, you know, big donkey like uh, Aaron Rodgers had in Green Bay with Mercedes Lewis. But it'll be Zach Kunz now. The New England Patriots had a very odd draft, but I think it was very solid. 25th in positional value and 9th in player value. If the positional value would have been targeted a little bit better in these two spots, I think this draft catapults from 77.5% C up to the 90th percent area. The two picks that fucked them. <clears throat> they took kicker Chad Ryland from Maryland at 112, and they took a punter, Bryce Berenger, at pick 192 from Michigan State. In my grades, in my scoring, you do not get bonus points. You get negative points for drafting kickers and punters. I'm sorry, Pat McAfee. I fucking love you. But you get negative points for drafting kickers and punters because you can pick them up off the street. You can teach them how to get the work done. You do not draft a kicker or a punter in the top 150 or period if you're in my book. So you're welcome. I'm sorry, Bill. That's how it works. Christian Gonzalez goes 17th overall of value. He falls to them at 17. A uh, guy that I thought would fall the 17. I thought Deontay Banks would actually replace him. Deontay Banks didn't. Deontay Banks actually fell as well. Christian Gonzalez falls 17. Great value for the New England Patriots. Kyan White, 46. At one point, the edge rusher from Georgia Tech was considered a first-round pick. Marty Mapu, my best selection for the New England Patriots, goes from Sac State to the Patriots at 76th overall. I think Daniel Jeremiah and I were the only ones to have him top 80 in our big boards. Jack Jake Andrews, a center from Troy. Um, didn't they just have a center named Andrews that lasted a decade? <clears throat> David City Sal guard, Antonio Maffi guard, Amir Speed corner, Isaiah Bolden corner, Keishan Booty receiver, Demario Douglas receiver. Those are the positions you should be targeting on day three corner, corner, guard, guard, receiver, receiver. Don't put the punter there and don't put the kicker there. And we're good. That's all I'm asking. That's all I ask. That's all I would need. The Miami Dolphins made four selections in this draft, the least out of any team in the NFL. They were 16th in positional value and 18th in player value. Again, those four selections, the first of which was 51st overall. They took Cam Smith from South Carolina. Seatbelt corner. And he's going to slot in right behind Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard. And I think he's going to learn for a year. And then, of course, one of these guys is going to depart, retire, whatever happens. And he's going to go zoop. Because, again, they just uh, declined the fifth-year option for Noah Igbenogany from Auburn, who was a first-round pick a couple years ago. Cam Smith is better. 84th overall, Devon A-Chain. Everyone's uh, allured with the speed that Devon A-Chain brings from Texas A&M. Should be interesting. 84th overall instead of 51st. A-Chain fits well behind Mostert and Wilson. I think he's going to get enough work in here. But from a fantasy perspective, I'm out. 197, Elijah Higgins, tight end, Stanford. Love it. Great. Devin Funches-esque. He's a, 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 a homeless man, Straylon Burks, and he's going to play tight end because of it. He's 235, 240 pounds. He switched from receiver to tight end at the Senior Bowl. I love Elijah Higgins as tight end. And then Ryan Hayes, offensive tackle from Michigan, 238 overall. Again, getting a tackle this late is good value, but... Hayes is not of the upper echelon or a guy I probably would have thrown a dart on. Why not throw that dart on 
when did Wit go? Wit from the Colts went 236. Oh, so they got donkey. They got they got they got peed on by two spots. Jake Wit went 236. Okay, so it is what it is. The Bills get a D, 60.0%. They took a tight end in round one, Dalton Kincaid. Not good. They got value on Osiris Torrance, 59th overall, a guy that was considered to be a first-round conversation from Florida, a guard. Dorian Williams, they're trying to replace Tremaine Edmonds, who was a first-round pick at one point from Virginia Tech. Dorian Williams, a linebacker from Tulane, 91st overall. Good value, but he's six foot tall, 225 pounds. He's not six foot four, 250 like Tremaine Edmonds. Justin Shorter is just a guy that they're trying to replace Gabriel Davis with Gabriel Davis Jr. That's Justin Shorter. It's a good value pick, wide receiver here at pick 150. He's a massive human, six foot three, 225 pounds, jacked out of his mind. And then they throw a dart on a guard in a corner late, solid, but the values overall across the board were not there as far as positional attack. And the Bills paid for it with a grade of D at 60%. A lot of people love Kincaid. I do not love the Kincaid pick. I do not value tight ends in round one to be worthwhile. Uh, I've talked to a couple executives about this, and they are of the same ilk when it comes to the tight end position, and that is of forcing that tight end position into round two and three. Because when you talk about the tight end position, you're hitting much more than not. Uh, on day two and day three than you are on day one. You look at round three, for example, just over the last six years, Austin Hooper in 2016, John U. Smith in 2017, Mark Andrews in 18, Dawson Knox in 19, Adam Troutman in 20, Tommy Tremble in 21, Greg Dulcich in 22. Why not wait until the third round and get a Tucker Craft or something like this? Also, didn't this Travis Kelsey guy go in the third as well? I think that's why you need to start pushing off because the round one guys are not hitting at the same rate that these middling round guys are. Let's finish this off with the AFC North. Another team that gets a lot of hugs and kisses because of their draft is the Baltimore Ravens. We'll keep them for last because that's kind of an exciting one to talk about. Let's talk about the Cleveland Browns, though. They get an A-, 103.4%. They didn't pick until 74th overall when they took Bishop Gorman, 2018 prospect. Cedric Tillman from Tennessee, 74th overall to play outside wide receiver. It's an interesting addition to this wide receiver room that has Amari Cooper. Donovan Peoples-Jones, David Bell, uh, Anthony Schwartz, guys like that. I would assume Cedric Tillman's probably going to slot in behind Amari Cooper and be the number two on his side. Siaka Ika, 98th overall defensive tackle from Baylor. He's going to be a weapon along the defensive line for Cleveland. Dewan Jones, a six foot eight, 375-pound tackle, goes a 111th overall. The question was, is he Mekhi Becton? Is he Daniel Fadlele? Is he Trent Brown? Is he Orlando Brown? He goes 111 right in the middle of the draft. Best selection, I think, from Ohio State because I think it's a guy that you can learn uh, learn for a year, teach him, the, teach him the ways. Edge, 126 overall, Isaiah McGuire, very big sleeper at the edge position. And then they go back to Bishop Gorman, 2018, with Dorian Thompson-Robinson, 140th overall. Thompson-Robinson had the strongest arm in the class at the NFL Combine when it comes to the velocity testing. Dorian Thompson Robinson played with Cedric Tillman at Bishop Gorman High School in Las Vegas. Two guys, very interesting. I love these stories. I think last year it was like D'Angelo Malone and um, somebody else from Chicago that played high school together, went their different ways, and then came back in the NFL, got drafted to the same team in the same draft. Thompson Robinson and Tillman is that this year. They go Cameron Mitchell corner in, at 142 overall. Now remember, they took Greg Newsom last year. So now they got a corner from Northwestern back-to-back years. And then Luke Whippler fell to 190 overall. 
was talking to on at the draft. He's an Ohio state fan. He thought that Luke maybe got some bad advice throughout the process that caused him to fall to 190. He thought maybe he should have came back to school, but nonetheless, the talent that Whipler brings 190 is a great value. Should have been closer to the 100 area, a minus 103.4 for the Cleveland Browns. Now, the gutter of the AFC North is a team that is probably the best team in the AFC North, and that is the Cincinnati Bengals, 12th in positional value composite and 26th in player value composite. They actually had a negative player value composite score. I loved the Miles, love, 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 love the Miles Murphy grade, though. 28th overall, they get him in the draft, but they also had Trey Hendrickson already on the roster as Sam Hubbard. They're adding edge, which is smart to do. You watch what Philadelphia is starting to do. It's great. That's the best selection on the team. DJ Turner, a small corner that burns. DJ Ivy in the seventh, a small corner from Miami. They took a punter, though, in round seven as well. Again, just don't take punters. Don't take kickers. They added Andre Yosevash, a 24-year-old wide receiver from Princeton. Took Charlie Jones, a 25-year-old wide receiver from Purdue. And they took Chase Brown, a 24-year-old running back from Illinois, as well as Jordan Battle from Alabama, a safety that was once thought of as a top 40 selection. So, a good name value draft for Cincinnati, but not a good player value and positional value. Not a good player value draft for the Cincinnati Bengals. C minus 68%. Now let's talk about the Baltimore Ravens. we got two teams left, the Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Two teams that I think have a lot of growing to do. On draft night, Lamar Jackson signs his contract with the Baltimore Ravens, and he returns. And on draft weekend, the Baltimore Ravens uh, smashed the draft. They took Zay Flowers 22nd overall. They take Trenton Simpson 86th linebacker from Clemson. What are we doing here? You got Patrick Queen on the roster already. You got Roquan Smith on the roster already. I don't know how they're going to fit all three of the guys in the same room, but they're going to try to do it for at least for 2023. Best selection, 86th overall, Trenton Simpson. Tavius Robinson from Old Miss, sleeper edge rusher as well, and Caillou Blue Kelly, a corner at 157 from Stanford. I think Caillou Blue is a guy with this defensive backfield that has been banged up year after year after year. Caillou Blue is a guy that can come in day one. His dad played in the NFL. He is a professional corner. He was one of those guys down to senior bowl that dominated, and he was just really, when I say professional, like, he was on top of everybody. He was on top of the game. Of course, Julius Brents gets the fame, but Kyle Blue has the name, and he was a guy down there at the Senior Bowl that really did put on a show. 157 overall. Malisala Alumave Lolua, a tackle from Oregon, goes 199. And then Andrew, Andrew Voorhees, guard from USC, who tore his ACL at the NFL Combine, falls to 229 despite he did put up 38 bench reps with a torn ACL, which I talked about this before, but anybody that knows uh, benching actually does entail some knee and some push off the strength from the foot to the knee to the ass to the back to the shoulders to the up. Andrew Voorhees put on a show at the combine on the bench, got hurt in the ACL. He's going to miss probably the entire 2023 season, but he's a good guy to just throw in there and let him sit for a year. And then 2024, it's a free seventh round pick that actually probably the value of a fourth or a third. A- 113.3% for Eric DaCosta and the Baltimore Ravens. Now, before we get out of here with these Pittsburgh Steelers, I want to say I appreciate you guys tapping in today in the Player Profile YouTube channel. Click that like button, please. Click the subscribe button and stay tapped to fizzle in. You can follow me on Twitter at Carpenter NFL. And if you are a big fan, my man Matty Kewum is in the chat as well. We do have a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash executives 
EX Executives. Go type it in to Patreon right now, or you can go find it on our Twitter account, The Executives on Twitter. We broke down our favorite rookies in this class on Patreon this week. We've broken down our cornerstone rankings, which is 2021, 2022, 2023, and 2024. So you can look forward to the next year and see where that class stacks up to this class. Because when I was doing that this last week, I traded from 103 to the 106 in a super flex rookie draft, and I got 2024 first. Then I went from the 106 to the 202, and I got 202, the 302, and a 2024 first. So I got three 2024 first in the Superflex League, and I am a hip skipply do happy about it. So you can go follow us, patreon.com forward slash executives, and you can have one-on-one conversations with us about drafts and such. We appreciate you guys all for staying tapped in. Click that like, click the subscribe button. Thank you. Oh, and if you're on Spotify, it's really easy. Just click the stars and give me five. It takes eight seconds. Now let's finish out with the Pittsburgh Steelers here. Pittsburgh Steelers, eighth in positional value composite score and first in player value composite score according to my top 200 big board. They made six total selections and they got an A, a 112.2% grade in A, which was fourth overall in this entire class. Again, we'll talk about the NFC tomorrow, not tomorrow, but probably on Monday. And number one overall, we talked about the Chiefs already. They finished first overall of the entire, all 32 teams. The Baltimore Ravens were third, and the Colt and the Steelers right here are fourth. The Colts are fifth. So the AFC dominated. Pittsburgh, though, right here. Broderick Jones, tackle from Georgia. They moved up a couple spots to get him at 14. They jumped up from 17 to 14, best selection. Keanu Benton. I loved Adetomboy Adebore from Northwestern, but Keanu Benton was the other tackle, the other defensive tackle from Wisconsin at the Senior Bowl that just like arr, 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 just literally like bit arms off of offensive linemen at the Senior Bowl and kicked ass. So 49th overall, Pittsburgh goes back to Wisconsin, takes Keanu Benton. Oh, and then they came back at 132 and they took Nick Urbic, the guy that they probably, you know, leaning towards being like the next – you know he's not going to be the next TJ Watt, but the next TJ Watt esque player from Wisconsin is going to be more likely Herbig than obviously Benton because Benton's a D tackle. Great draft just from those two, and then they also went back to Georgia and took Darnell Washington, ninety third overall. As much as I've talked about Darnell Washington being on the down flow over the last month since that Georgia Pro Day, ninety third overall is a good value for a tight end, and that tight end being a six foot eight, two hundred seventy five pound monster that is going to help enhance the run game and the red zone abilities, 93rd overall for Darnell Washington. And then Corey Trice, when it comes to the talent, the talent was always there, but there's injury questions. He's six foot three. He's 200 pounds sitting right there. And you pair him up with the guy that they got first overall in round number two, Joey Porter, two six foot three cornerbacks, Joey Porter Jr., Corey Trice Jr. And then they finished all the draft with a guard dart. Spencer Anderson guard for Maryland, 112.2% A for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It paid off to be boots on the ground at Wisconsin, boots on the ground at Georgia, and boots on the ground at all these Big Ten schools, Purdue, Maryland, and Penn State for Mike Tomlin and Omar Khan. Again, I couldn't even tell you guys, this is uh, this was a good experiment that I just went through right here, looking at all of these teams as far as the grades go across the board. These will all come out in a graphic this week, but also remember, this is all going to be coming out in an article on playerprofile.com. The AFC side is going to be out today, tonight, and the NFC side will be coming out later this uh, weekend. But 
Shout out to the Chiefs, man. They host the draft and they win the draft. A little home court cooking. They dominated. Uh, it's a great week all around for them. The Rams, sneak peek. They're the best team in the NFC when it came to this draft. And they didn't have very many selections. So the Rams hit it on. The Ravens, the Steelers, the Colts, and the Denver Broncos finished with an A- minus as well. It's a good top end of this draft, but uh, it's going to be a lot more teams from the NFC that we're going to talk about tomorrow that sucked. And that is because uh, I gave out six Fs, four Fs and two F minuses, and they're all from the NFC. So stay tapped in, stay tuned in, and we'll be back talking a little bit more about these draft grades, but from the NFC side, thank you guys and have a kick-ass weekend.